Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Uh, we're going to have a big show today. It's going to be focused on the WAL 405 and reviewing all the matches that happened there. But uh, firstly, uh, welcome, John Brzezink. How are you? Good. Hey, well, pretty pretty good, Brian. How are you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. How has your week been? Uh, it's been busy. Delta's been keeping me busy. Um, yeah, it's starting yeah, to cool awesome. off a little bit, but nice, nice. 405. Uh, it, it was, it, it was a big one, big card, lots of big names on there, lots to talk about today. Did you, did you enjoy the event? I did. I, uh, I watched it live. I haven't had a chance to review it again, but um, yeah, stayed up. It was a little bit later than usual, right, because it was on the West Coast. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I stayed yeah. up for sure. Nice, nice. Well, we are going to have heaps of stuff to talk about where they're in the WAL 405 uh, card that happened. But um, I guess the, the other thing, we've got all the other regular segments to go through. So let's kick it off straight away um, with our segment, uh, first segment of the day, which is, of course, Play of the Day, which is brought to you by none other than Lethal Arms Apparel. So make sure you go check them out, lethalarmsapparel.com. But um, Play of the Day, John, what have you what have you got for us for your Play of the Day? Well, you were working hard this weekend pulling... Uh the Australian event, and uh, you, you had posted a, uh, a match with you and uh, Danny Tesh, which I know you've been looking forward to the last couple of weeks. And uh, um, I got a little crit- criticism for you, though. I mean, <laughs> I, I, only, I only got a chance to really see the second match. Evidently, he beat you yeah. fairly quickly with a with a hook move the first match, but second match uh, looked like you got the hit on him. You blasted him right, you know, opened him up, had a great top roll, um, and didn't man- maintain the position. You let him back up. And he committed with a shoulder roll, uh, and in my opinion, when somebody does that, completely commits to a shoulder roll, you need to move your elbow to the front of the cup, make your arm go straight go straight up and down so he is pushing directly down on your elbow. Um, if you keep your elbow in the back of the cup and, and allow him to have any kind of angle on you, you're, uh, you're going to be in trouble with those shoulder rollers. So, um, yeah, that's my play of the day, a little criticism, criticism for yourself, and uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shoulder rollers come in, that elbow goes forward, and you start posting, and then let them just yeah. run into your hand. It puts a lot more pressure on their hand, and I think you're going to find a little bit more success than, than what yeah. you did. But. Yeah, well, well yeah, they're, they're, you're definitely the person that I'm going to take advice from in that. Um, it, it's interesting, you know, Danny, Danny Tesh and I have had um, a lot of matches uh, over the years, in the last couple of years, and Danny now leads me eight victories to one. Um, the one victory I did have over him was with the top roll. I just managed to get to the pad in that first surge. And, mm-hmm. um, but that shape that you saw in this match is so typical. And I, I, my, my struggle, I'd love to just get some personal advice here from you. My struggle on getting to the front of the pad is Danny's side pressure and constant pressure just feels like I can't... I feels like I can't breathe. Like, if I try to move at all... I'm just going to lose connection and my arms are just going to, going to go sideways real, real quick. Um, mm. But you, you just reckon, so it, would you get to the front of the pad as part of the hit or would you be... No, maybe, uh, um, yeah, well, well, once he commits to the shoulder roll, I think I think it's going to be more effective instead of trying to go through his arm like you were, were looking like you were trying to do yeah. to basically fall back, do the cobra move, get your hand and wrist, you know, cup like this and then move your elbow to the front of the pad and then jam and actually almost... Uh, almost just kind of rock back and let let that that shoulder roll run to the bottom part of your your hand. Um, it's going to yeah. put a lot more pressure on his hand. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's got a lot more side pressure than he does down pressure in his shoulder roll. Um, and then I yeah. can see I can see your argument. But um, typically, when somebody commits to a hard shoulder roll like that and are pushing directly down, you want to you want to allow them to just push directly straight down on your on your arm by bringing that elbow yeah. forward. You don't you don't you don't want to create that angle. Um, 
it's it's tough yeah. to you know. It, well, it gives me lots. Of, it gives me lots of hope that there's um, a lot of technique that I can improve there in terms of execution. So. Well, it, it should have never got there. I mean, you you hit him so well off the start that you should you know, especially if you know his pass that he's able to get that shoulder roll in. Don't don't let him get it in there. You know, fight for that position yeah. that you obtained off the go and, and make sure he, he keeps stretched out like that. Yeah. For sure. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for that. That's a very helpful one for me for Player of the Day. My Player of the Day, John, is uh, it comes from the British Nationals. Um, About a week ago, the British National Championship took place. And in the open weight division, uh, on the right arm, there was an absolute screamer of a match in the semi-final between uh, the 165-pound Craig Sanders and the 220-pound Paul Maiden. Um, These guys absolutely went to war. The speed of Craig Sanders off the go. He got um, onto the bicep of Paul Maiden, and um, and Craig Sanders set a beautiful angle with his uh, supinated wrist, shoulder shoulder over the top, um, but didn't have the the, the shoulder to, to get the, the finish. And Paul Maiden sat there and sat there and held with his bicep and and looked for ways out, couldn't get out, put on big hit reversals, couldn't couldn't get away. And these guys were neither one could pin. It inevitably ended up being finished. Um, Craig Sanders' elbow fouled, then in the restart, Paul Maiden flash pinned him. But it was oh. absolutely worth worth it. And uh, Craig Sanders gets my play of the day for at 165 pound, almost almost uh, taking down Paul Maiden in a battle. So that's my play of the day. Really, really enjoyable match to watch. Big accomplishment for sure for Craig. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Alrighty, so that wraps up play of the day. Again, thank you to Lethal Arms Apparel. Uh, for that. Um, so what we're going to go on now with is the, the big anticipated thing about this whole episode today is going through the WAL 405 card. Um, it was a good event. Uh, there were lots of big matches um, building towards the final uh, for the se- for the season as well. So um, the first match, Justin Bishop uh, took on Glenn Bengston uh, uh, from Sweden. Um, Justin Bishop obviously has been a lot, uh, fe- uh, featured a lot on the WAL cards this season. Um, He's had some good wins. He took a loss to Storm Chilino. But uh, how did you see this match um, with Glenn? Well, he, he was able to maintain his hand. He dominated the hand. Um, and, you know, it, it, it seemed kind of easy to me, actually. Most of the matches yeah. in the WL uh, 405 seemed to be, you know, a little bit quicker than they have been in the past. So, um, yeah. yeah, Justin's just his match definitely was uh, dominant. I, I can remember did... Um, did the uh, Swede, Swede win a match even? I don't no, think so. No, he didn't. Did he? Yeah. No, Glenn yeah. didn't get a get a match. It Glenn. was interesting because Glenn was this, Glenn is slightly taller than Justin, but we saw classic Justin Bishop in in that he got to pl- he got to dictate the terms of the match. Uh, he kept it about the hand and wrist at the top, and Justin was too much in the hand and wrist. And Glenn looked like he wanted to fight up top. He looked like he was willing to back himself, but then as soon as the the go was about to happen. He lost all confidence, crumbled, and went underneath and tried to flop. And oh, okay, and, right. and, and and Justin just looked at him, smiled, and kind of just said, "Yeah, it's not not going to happen." And right, um, right. So that was a good win by Justin. It was a big statement because uh, I think after he's lost to Storm, um, that he was a little down on himself, and I think he wanted to reassert uh, where he's at. So I think that he did in that in that weight division anyway. Right, sure. and and he's scheduled for the 406, isn't he? Who's he? Who's he scheduled to? to I I, I don't think Justin's actually on 406. Oh, he's um, not. Oh, okay. I don't th- I don't think he is. Um, he's had he obviously had a lot of matches. He's 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 been busy, but I don't think he is on the 406 card. Um, but yeah, but no doubt we'll see we'll see Justin again soon. He's he, he'll pop up for sure. Um, right. 
the 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 next match that we that we'll talk about uh, was uh, Mike Celiaris up against Alan Guerra from Mexico. This one went three nil to to Mike Celiaris, um, and we saw a lot of classic Mike Celiaris and 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 a bit of a battle towards the end, but um, but it was pretty good performance. What do you think? Yeah, well, it's you know Mike is all about the hand, and he he definitely dominated the hand. Um, mm-hmm. the, you know his opponent definitely put up a lot of fight. He obviously had very strong arm to be able to pull from the positions that he had to pull from yeah. but um yeah no it's it's real difficult when you're pulling at you know with flop rest and you know it's yeah no it was it was definitely mike's to any yeah it was interesting like you said um alan certainly showed plenty of fight with the, with his arm he lost his hand um you know, i remember that that first round he lost his hand and he was he was definitely opened up but mike interestingly couldn't just finish with with the outside move and had to he he, he looked at coming up and stepping back into a hook and almost almost regretted that decision you could see that that, that was where alan had plenty plenty more power to come but right. um but but mike as soon as he dipped into that hook he went straight back to the outside move again and ended right. up i think bleeding him out but um yeah mike Celiaris, his style for me is um it's as you've said it's so hand based he, he's one of those like he's been pulling for for what 25 30 years almost or something mm-hmm. he's been around a long time he's um flamboyant on the table mm-hmm. yeah he's well it's not, it's not even so much maybe even hand strength he's just he's just got um you know fairly good size arm not real long arm so he's got good leverage but he's got a, a massive wide palm massive hand so he's okay. he can manipulate manipulate the grips even just with his size so it's um, yep. Yeah. Yeah, and it was it was great to see, great to see the his family at the end. His daughter at the end was uh, adorable in the way that he was. Dad was certainly the hero uh, to her. So that was awesome seeing the family get involved and, and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. But um, yeah, awesome stuff there from Mike Celiaris. Alrighty, guys, what we're going to go on now is uh, the next segment, which is Table Talk with John Brazank. Table Talk with John Brazank is brought to you by none other than Combat Arm Sports. These guys are makers of probably the best tables out of the USA, so check them out, combatarmsports.com. Alrighty, John, what are we what are we talking about on Table Talk, table talk today? Well, I get people asking me all the time, what's the best, best exercise for arm wrestling? So I thought I'd throw out a little advice about my thoughts on what the best exercise is. Awesome, let's do it. Okay, today I wanted to go over um, some of the best exercises for the sport of arm wrestling. I get this asked to me quite often. Um, what's the best exercise to do this, that, and the other? And um, my answer has pretty much been the same for the last 20 years. Uh, in my opinion, the best exercise you can do for yourself to become a great arm wrestler is to uh, get with a group of other arm wrestlers uh, that train once a week, at least once a week, and work all your different angles. Um, on the arm wrestling table. Um, why do I believe this? Well, because weights are very one-dimensional. Um, they use, obviously, gravity, um, and it's arm wrestling is a very unnatural movement. It's it's a it's a sideways direction that uh, very very little gravity is involved. It's trying to pull your opponent not only across the table sideways, but also pulling on their bicep down in the offensive position and a lot of manipulation with the hand and wrist, obviously, that you can't possibly achieve with with weights. So, um, my opinion, arm wrestle, um, heal yourself up so you can pull as hard as you can on the table once a week. Uh, yes, weights are, are good for you to a certain extent, in my opinion. Uh, use them to help heal, help get the blood flow going, um, 
but don't use weights if they're going to cause your arm wrestling workouts to suffer. Uh, arm wrestling should be the focus uh, and pulling hard in different directions. So yes, more more arm wrestlers on your on your squad or on your team or on your workout group, the better arm wrestler you're going to be because you're going to obviously face all kinds of different types of body types and different arms. Um, so you need to be very aggressive, warm up well before the before the uh, practice starts and be very aggressive. It's like doing uh, uh, a heavy max lift in the weight if you wanted to compare it to that. So you should be very aggressive for your first couple of matches, um, high stress, and then you can kind of taper down from there after you do that. And work all the different angles. I mean, it's it's one thing to be great at something and, and you like to beat your opponent or your, your practice partner, but work all the different angles. You know, practice typically lasts an hour and a half, two hours, uh, so you have the ability to work all, all the different angles. So I anyway, hope that helps, and we'll see you next week. Alrighty guys, back from Table Talk with John Brzezink. I couldn't <clears throat> agree more. Table time for me has, has been the benchmark for, for my training, and, and it's, it's where I feel I get best value out of everything that I'm doing as well. Sometimes you obviously can't get it, um, so you try to replicate in the gym, but table time, I, I, I think, yeah, I, I agree entirely, John, very much. Yeah it's, yeah, it's a shame we can't really do some real-time testing. You know, some people just completely, well, obviously no one's going to just completely be an, uh, a weightlifter because uh, that's yeah. that's for, sh for sure a no-brainer that you wouldn't become an arm wrestler no matter how much weight you're lifting because weightlifters can't arm wrestle. So, um, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, my view is that really the, the key to becoming a successful arm wrestler is having a good good group of guys and uh, pulling hard with all different types of arms. Yeah. I find it so <laughs> interesting about this sport that you find it difficult to track your progress in in a strength sense. Like, it, because it's it's not entirely a strength sport, it's very much a combat sport as well. It's it's so de so dependent upon how your opponent is moving and, and, and whatnot. So you get, it, it's difficult to know exactly how much strength gain you've made in a, in a year or in, in, in five years. And right. um, it, 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 it's, it's confusing sometimes to know. Um, like you see newcomers start to doubt whether they're actually making any progress at all, but you got to remember that everyone's progressing together. And, right. Yeah. And, it's, and it's, it's not immediate with arm wrestling. Arm wrestling, you could be pulling hard for, for weeks and months, and that, that benefit's not going to show itself for another year. So um, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's not like weightlifting. It's not muscle bellies. It's more about the connective tissue and the tendons and just that whole structure of skeletal structure. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a process, and you have to trust it. I mean, I... Yeah. You know. All right. Well, let's get back to the uh, the 405 special that we've got here, and the next mm -hmm. two matches that we'll talk about, we've got. Um, it was a really good performance from the Brazilian Tatiana Faria up against uh, Sweden's Erica Bengston. Um, Tatiana wasn't. Yeah, she did, and she wasn't the favourite either. She, I think the, the the poll that WAL put out had it about 78% favourite for Erica Bengston. So. Right. Yeah. Tatiana well, definitely had, had that. Well, just from just looking at it, the match, I mean, it just seemed like she had the more powerful hand. Uh, mm. So, and, and that's that's key. I mean, I, I know uh, um, her opponent was complaining about hand, wrist, and and that, but um, yeah. yeah, it's it's, yeah, tough, I, I it's don't tough know. to pull. It's tough to pull when you don't have a hand and wrist. I, I I've yeah. been there before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know the nature of the injury, but yeah, when you when you when you're limited. Obviously, um, like you could see that when she was, um, when Erica was talking with Glenn, her, her, her husband, 
um, in the corner between rounds. They were talking about getting a hand higher, but every every time when she stepped up to the table, she she really had a dumped wrist in the setup, and um, it was it was really dumped. Like she didn't fight in the in a posting style at all, and mm-hmm. I think that was that was her undoing. I think had she have had she have um, fought for that a little bit more and just got got uh, Faria to be just a couple of millimeters lower, even off the start, there might have been something. But um, yeah, it was it was a good performance by uh, by Tatiana, that's for sure. She mm-hmm. for someone who wasn't the wasn't the favorite, she dominated, as you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It'd be interesting to see um, where she goes from here. But yeah, I thought it was a good performance, and I and I picked that one too. Uh, I think we ended up getting five, or I know I got five out of the six right. So okay, um, I was I was happy yeah. with Tatiana. Yeah, like I said, I, I don't follow, you know, don't have any experience armrest in the women's, and don't follow them that much to really know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm you know. I, I maybe took your lead, hopefully, and went with what you thought. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, um, it was good. It was good. It's, it is hard to pick, uh, especially uh, betting against Sweden is always a, a difficult right. one when you're in the women's division. So, right. But um, yeah, Tatiana did well. But um, next match that we'll have a look at, we had um, it was this was a pretty anticipated match. Mike Ayello uh, from New York up against Canada's Ian Carnegie. Um, Mike taking it three-one. Um, how'd you see this one? Well, that's exactly the way I kind of predicted it. I've just, I, I felt whoever was confident enough to get the uh, the position off the go. I mean, I, you knew you knew it was going to go to a hook, but importantly enough to to get on your own tricep. And, and Mike was, I can't remember. Mike Mike pulled it off the first match fairly easy, and then um, yeah. I don't know if he just he just kind of slacked off a little bit on the second match. But Ian was able to get it in on the second match, and it went down almost nearly. You know, well, I guess it was a little yeah. tougher than that. It wasn't super easy, was it? But um, no, yeah. it was close. But yeah, once uh, once Mike once Mike committed to make sure that he got that off the start and got got on, you know, uh, Ian's bicep, then you know it was yeah. pretty 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 much an easy yeah. match for him. So the, I kind of figured the, that. The, I, didn't, I didn't think either one of them had really much of a you know a, a, <laughs> a defense or manipulating the hand or any kind of top roll or changing it up in, in any way, shape, or form. So yeah, I'm with you on that. These guys just met. Head on, they both backed their own game, and and neither of them really changed anything. Like I said, Mike took the first round comfortably. I think he was probably a little confident for the second round. Ian got a little deeper in his grip, and 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 Mike was a little more relaxed in getting his shoulder angle set, and and right. then subsequently lost the round. And then, as you said, Mike Mike took it back and got control, made sure that he set his shoulder a little bit deeper, and. Right. And it was it was it was the same same card played uh, three times and yeah I think that that was it was what we expected as you mentioned right, so yeah. um, it seemed like it seemed good. like Ian had a better uh, dragging hook than than Mike did but Mike obviously has that big old tricep once he got on top of you know got on top yeah. of his arm he was victorious yeah that's it. Alrighty, guys, we're going to go on with the next segment, which is the breakdown. Now, this, the breakdown is brought to you by Arm Wrestling TV, one of the best uh, YouTube channels out there. So go check out Arm Wrestling TV. They've got heaps of good content coming out all the time. And in today's episode of the breakdown, we're going to actually break down and analyze the techniques uh, that were used in uh, the Jamie Sheldon v. Jeff Hale match from WAL 404, which was a fantastic match. So let's go do that. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Breakdown. In this episode, we have Jamie Sheldon against Jeff Hale, and it is at the WAL 404 card in 2018. You can see here the athletes setting for the go, and there's a start, interesting early start from Jamie Sheldon, but 
The returning serve with a hit from Jeff Hale gets the slip. You can see elbow fouls from both of them off the start. Jeff Hale being called, but after stopping the hit, Jeff Hale returns with his own hit and pulls through. So into the straps, they will go. Now you can see here the big hit and drive from Jamie Sheldon. His top role, his pronation has been crushed by Jeff Hale. The reason Jeff Hale is able to get this stop is because his hand strength is enough to stop the pronation of Jamie Sheldon. Jamie Sheldon trying to get the peck and shoulders involved, but the bicep of Jeff Hale is too much for the peck and shoulder of Jamie Sheldon. So because that pronation has collapsed, and the peck and shoulder isn't sufficient to get through the bicep. Jeff Hale is able to sit and wait. Jeff Hale is going to sit here and wait until Jamie Sheldon's shoulder starts to gas. Once Jamie Sheldon's shoulder starts to gas, Jeff Hale will look to go on the attack. Waiting for the right moment here. His hand is intact. He is waiting very patiently. You can see him reset the elbow. And then after he's reset the elbow, the big attack from Jeff Hale. And there is the victory. Let's have a look at that in replay. You can see the slow motion replay here. Jamie Sheldon with a big start. But Jeff Hale, as we said before, stops the match with his hand strength. The cupping strength of Jeff Hale is able to break down the pronation of Jamie Sheldon. Looking towards the end of the match, you'll see in this replay right here, Jeff Hale will change the contact point of his elbow, allowing his rotation to be used for the full hit. When Jamie Sheldon stands up a little bit more, Jeff Hale finishes the match off decisively. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the breakdown. Alrighty, back from the breakdown. I uh, hope you enjoyed that one. Um, continuing on with our 405 review special, uh, we are up to what uh, were the final two matches of the card and the ones that everyone was most looking forward to. Um, Michael Todd v. Marcio Barboza. 3-0 um, to Michael Todd. Um, how did you see this one, John? I was sadly disappointed in, in uh, the way this one turned out. It was way easy for Mike. Um, Marcio, I thought, would put a lot more... Uh, give him a lot more trouble. Uh, obviously, it's important to have a big, strong hand with Mike and be able to kind of have that crushing uh, effect, uh, that curling effect to really get Mike's hand flat open to the mm. sky. And, and Marcio just didn't didn't have that. You know, Marcio's got yeah. that great posting top roll. He hits hard back and he hits hard to the side, but um, it just it just wasn't nearly enough for uh, for Mike's move. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of, Mike, it, was kind of Mike, it was definitely a disappointment for me. <laughs> Yeah, Michael looked kind of subdued to me. Um, I don't know what um, where his head was at going into that match. Uh, he seemed nervous and but and quiet and kind of it was a different version of Michael that than we typically typically see. He wasn't angry and fired up and right. um, I, don't, I don't know how, if that played into anything on the table. But Mike um, Mike did what Mike does and right now, and as you said and. Showed a lot of confidence. I mean, yeah, even right from the get-go. I mean, normally Mike's got to struggle and fight and maybe, you know, lose a match. Mm. And um, he, he yeah. seemed like he was in total control right from the get-go. So, um, yeah. It, 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 of course, came with... Um, Michael Michael never has a match without some sort of controversy. And um, watching watching the community's feedback since... a lot. I mean, he's constantly always going to be attacked for having his shoulder below the table before getting into any sort of finished position so right. um uh, where, did, where did, does that i don't he didn't really do where that, does that though, sit with you? Show, did he i don't i, don't, I, I mean uh, i mean there, there were screenshots floating around of him shoulder like whether you want to call it shoulder below the table or right. equal to the table or right, right. some would say it's above i don't know it's always close if not yeah, and I it thought, always I thought, I thought he fought fairly equal to marcio's posting you know style so i i, I don't know yeah no i've seen mike get into some ugly ugly positions that i i think mm. are you know 
something something should be said or stopped or but um you know like i said in the last interview i i've become more of a fan of it just because of you know the drama that's uh, associated with some of his (laughs) matches you know yeah, right. yeah, and interestingly, some of the positions that Marcio pulled out, like when Marcio was getting desperate and clearly was on the on the defense, even Marcio was putting, he was jamming up on the that that defensive side of the pad, making his his forearm very vertical and in a very odd position with his humerus. Like it looked it looked messy, and you think, oh, but. Right. Right. Well, Mike, Mike, eventually. Him, Mike, Mike kept him stretched out. I mean, typically some of the guys that have had success with Mike can really get him stretched out on his bicep um, mm-hmm. with their hand strength. And Marcio just was never able to do that. His, his hand wasn't big or strong enough to really get yeah. Mike opened up across the table. So, he, you know, his shoulder press, which I'm sure Marcio's got a tremendous, you know, shoulder press was just really tough to, you know, do anything with Mike with his arm being pulled out, yeah. you know, so much. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think the closest the closest Marcio came was actually a, a moment out, outside of the straps. I can't remember if it was first round, second round, but um, outside of the straps, he he hit a he hit a hit a press pretty pretty aggressively. And and I don't know, like WAL, they don't run off uh, instant replays to check or anything like that. But I, I I think that it came incredibly close to a to a pin in one sense. But as soon as that straps on with Mike, it's it's yeah, it was one way traffic. But um, right. yeah. So the the big match, the big match that um, we were all waiting for, that um, has been talked was talked about for months on end. Um, it's um, it 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 played out pretty interestingly. Uh, I I mm-hmm. predicted, as you as you know, I predicted Matt Mast to win three 0 I got uh, this was Devin ruined my perfect prediction on the card. I got all the other matches right, but um, what did you what did you take from this match? It was it was uh, there's a lot a lot in it. Oh, it was just a huge, huge letdown, huge disappointment. The Matt came in so fired up, but, but not really composed very well. I mean, I, mm. I, I, I didn't understand some of the stuff that went on. I mean, the first match he hit so hard that um, he basically just purposely slipped. I mean, why? I mean, you know Devin's mm. going to be a lot more stable than the strap. He's going to be a lot tougher in the straps. Um, and I, I just, I, you know, it just kind of saddened me to see Matt just hit like that and just just crazy you know energy I yeah. guess just went to the side and didn't really you know think about having control control, control of Devin's yep. hand I mean he could have I mean he didn't need to move that fast um, and he kind of wasted his uh, kind of gave away his uh, which was a fantastic hit I mean the you know first slip match was I mean all Matt for sure if he would have just been a little more composed and controlled. Um, and then yeah, because of course, cause, cause of course they, it, it woke Devin right up, you know, for the second time in the, you know, when they went in the straps. But because um, mm. yeah, yeah, like your your victory over Devin in 2015 was outside the straps twice, wasn't it? Where you where you pinned Devin and correct that and cool. Matt and Matt ha- Matt could have Matt definitely could have used that same shape um, with the hand control that he had out of straps. Um, yeah, yeah. That I mean, I, I hadn't even thought about that. I hadn't even thought about how he, he missed the opportunity to to control the match out of straps. Um, never, never once tried. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, and after the after the first match uh, when I went in the straps and Devin just kind of got got that position on him. I mean, it was smart of Matt to quit, and and obviously the second round he mm. ended up winning. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Inter- an interesting part of this match for me was the the energy of it all um so much so much psychological warfare had gone into the build-up particularly from Devon. um there'd been a lot and so it looked like like 
I, I, I think that Devin did, did that approach because Devin respected the physicality of Matt and, and, he, and I think Devin res- believed that he needed to put some, some fear and some doubt into Matt's mind. So mm-hmm. I think it, it, what looked like happened to me was that that kind of worked. I think it, it almost got to the point where Matt was... Um, he, he, I think he was bitter about it. He was angry and didn't, didn't, didn't appreciate the the energy of, of the moment coming, coming to the to a head, and and um, the frustration seemed to get to him. I think, and um, like you said, he wasn't wasn't necessarily focused um, as much as he probably wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a little too too revved up, not not composed as much as he should have been for sure. Um, yeah. yeah, but he still he still had the power to to pin Devin, even stretched out like he was the second match. Uh, yeah. And then, and then again, the third match, I, 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 I'd have to review it. I only watched it the one time, but it seems to me yeah. that they both had a foul. Um, and Matt clearly pushes Devin to the pad, beats him, or will beat him. And Devin, yeah. in doing the king's move, is six inches off the back of the, uh, the pad, you know, down below yeah. the table. Yeah. And and they stop the match. So uh, it was a little confusing to me. Like, okay, well that isn't that a, that that should be a win, right? You can't. You can't yeah. purposely foul or drop your, you know, arm off the back of the pad when you're getting beat. But uh, yeah, and then it went from there. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, absolutely, absolutely. And WAL's interesting rules that WAL have. They normally work off the running foul, but because what Devin's Devin's elbow foul was so extreme, they they decided to start it again. So Devin definitely got away with that one there, and that as, that realistically as, right as should he was have been two one as he was being pinned. Right? Yeah. No, I I, yeah. I truly believe that was two one, but still still a big hill for for Matt to mm. climb even 2-1 against Devin. I mean, but um, here yeah. again, I, I lost opportunity for, for Matt. I, I thought he was, uh, you know, capable and so close, just not composed enough. Yeah, and um, and then the the final the final round where it ended up going 3-1 officially, but what what was really 2-all in a physical sense was, was Devin actually going on the attack a bit more. And we, we, I even saw there was moments there where I thought Matt Mask was going to be able to outlast Devin as Devin was attacking he was opening up a bit and I thought here we go there's there's something here but Matt ended up coming into the to to a hook position and and just obviously and then conceding feeling that it wasn't going to happen so right um yeah it's it, it was interesting a lot of frustration you could see in Matt at the end of it um and you could see Dev I think even Devin said to Matt at the end we can be friends again now and I think that was a sign of respect from Devin to say look I kind of apologizing for all the right, right. the, the I, massive I, massive yeah, build up I, I don't particularly I don't I, I don't like Devin's Hollywood and I, I don't particularly buy into him being the bad guy I know that's kind of the fun thing to do with WAL now and, and you know create a little mm-hmm. bit more controversy but it doesn't suit him well he, he should be uh, to me in my opinion he should be more of the you know the Superman type guy that just kind of deflects whatever yep. comes comes his way but so it's it's it almost kind of you know it's, it's almost yeah. kind of funny to me to, to watch him try to be the bad guy. But uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I've I've seen you know the first one that I've heard as well. I've seen other people say yeah that he's he's becoming the Travis um, of the WAL. Like, yeah, uh, but the problem uh, is yeah. the problem is he doesn't do it well. <laughs> it's just it just <laughs> it comes it comes across kind of fake. Like come on, we know Devin, you're not like that. I mean, just you know, I mean, it's, yeah. so it, it kind of makes me smile. Like all right, whatever. He yeah, take, I guess he it. needs to take a little more acting lessons. He needs, he needs to come from the heart. Come from the heart, Devin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's he's great away from the uh, table. I mean, doing the uh, the commercials and the little little you know jabs. Yeah. That's that stuff's hilarious. But uh, you know, uh, when but, it came right know, down the, to the, 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 the table, it was 
And what's with the voices? I mean, I I know was Bart sick? I mean, I could hardly understand Matt, and, and Devin's got this growly voice. Now. I couldn't understand what the hell was going on. Yeah, I I, I, didn't, I agree. I didn't know what Devin when Devin was. Is, is I, I've had it. I've had it clarified that Devin was saying crack, crack, yeah, and I, yeah. I'm like, I had no idea what what on earth he was saying on the day, and and uh, but anyway, there were there was too many too many shenanigans. I agree, right. um, but at the end of the day, it was it was a good match. I, one thing that I find amazing is that those guys are so close physically, in terms of uh, which way that match is going to go. Yet Devin has not lost to Matt Mask in 18 years. I, I, to me, that's amazing that for, they can be so close in actual physicality, yet it's so one-sided in, in results. Mm-hmm. Well, Matt, do you, do you, do you, does, does Matt ever have the chance to come back? I think so. I mean, yeah, as soon as Matt, well, you know, normally when I get a win on somebody, I, I kind of put it in the old memory bank and, and it, you know, I never lose again. But uh, it's, uh, you know, I think that, you know, for Matt, I mean, yeah, it's got to happen once and then he's got to just replay it in his mind and go, okay, this is what I have to do and just kind of stick with it. And, and um, mm. you know, and he obviously did it, you know, in my mind twice. So um, he, he knows he's there and I'm sure he's very frustrated about you know the way he he came into it I, you know that that type of approach mm. has never worked for me personally to be all revved up like that and just kind of you know yeah. crazy um, yeah. I, I like I like the uh, you know the approach that um, you know uh, uh, RBJ has got you know just very yep. you know calm Calcul- and calculated and yeah just like you know it's all inside it's got you know you got to go on through your head but you don't need to be you don't need to be you know um, you know yeah. setting that adrenaline off falsely uh, that, all, that stuff can all stay inside and just stay focused yeah yeah for sure well both of these guys obviously um, have have met more things to come for the year Matt Mask has got um, um, Jerry Catteret and Devin's got Michael Todd so um, they've both got another big match you know and it's only it's only a few weeks away again so they've got all to right. kind of reset and restart and go again and then and then Devin's got Saplinkoff later in the year as well so yeah, both of these guys have had huge years, and um, I think I feel like after this after this event, they they would be fried, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how they how they reset from here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, we haven't talked you, about you, the, the 406 stuff coming up, but both of their matches yeah. are, are going to be a lot tougher on them than their match was against each other. I think Matt's going to have yeah. big big problems with Jerry Cataret. I don't think he's ever faced anybody that that you know comes at you like that with a broken wrist yeah. I mean, Matt's Matt's strength is his, his hand and um it's it's yeah. gonna be a new <laughs> they're like what the they're, hell like, is they're like po- they're like polar opposite on their right. angles too so right. I don't know I don't I, yeah I I, th- I I I have to think Jerry's gonna win that but um we'll we'll talk about that one in depth later but yeah that will be a fascinating thing I think no doubt he, Matt's possesses probably the the most ferocious hit on that angle out of anyone in, uh, on the WIL scene but um, but Jerry doesn't seem to care about that, and he's, no. he's just going to bang in there and meet it head on. Right. No, Matt's going to need to yeah. watch a couple of the Devon, you know, uh, videos of, of, of basically committing and staying t- mm. tall on the table and getting that shoulder in and making sure that uh, yeah. Jerry doesn't get that slight angle with the tricep, because if he does, it's, it's going to be, you're done. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, Devin, De- Devin's beaten Michael Todd before. Um, they've had... They've had battles. I expect to see a, a similar sort of shape as to what we've seen in the past. But um, yeah, I, I think Michael Todd wants that match. Yeah, I think he's very hungry for it, and um, 
Yeah, I think it's it's Michael. Michael lives to be the top dog. That's his like his dream, obviously. So, right. um, I think he I think he wants Devin pretty bad. But Devin, two yeah. two fifty nine. Oh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. How much bigger can he get? We'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Devin's bigger than he's ever th- been against Michael Todd, so I know. Yeah. You know. And I, I'd love to ask you the question. Um, do you think this is the strongest Devin we've ever seen on the Walk the Planet, or is, uh, has there been a, yeah, a, a bigger about it? No, absolutely. The strongest he's ever been. Oh, well, I don't know. Yeah. The surgery might have messed him up a little bit. I'm not even sure what that was all about, what he had done, how. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, no, he looks. He looks strong. He's talking strong. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. Sure. And, well, I got uh, one other thing I want to bring up though. About I did notice. Yeah. 33. Was he 32 in three? I, I, he's lost. Yeah, to me. yeah. He's lost to me three times. I know he's lost to Dave Chafee. <laughs> WL needs to do some recalculations here because I, I know his record's not that good. <laughs> yeah. And, that and, out there. And, yeah, <laughs> that's good. What, what was your WAL record? Did you didn't you didn't lose too many, did you? Uh, yeah, did. I don't know. If I, I don't think I did. Did I lose any? I well, I lost left-handed. I the last yeah. uh, 2015, I, I I horribly got beat up left-handed. But um, yeah, uh, right-handed, <laughs> right-handed, I've lost to Devin once. That was I think my only loss. But yeah. Anyway. Nice. Oh, good. Yeah, well, that, that's an interesting note to finish on there. Um, that Devin Larratt, um, yeah, he, he will no doubt go on and um, do well in the, in the WL finals. We'll, we'll wait to see that. But, um, John, look, I really appreciate, as always, um, hearing your insights on that. I think the WL 405 card was well and truly worthy of an entire episode. So, um, yeah, thanks for doing it. All right. We'll see you next week. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Take care. All right.